0: Welcome, everyone, to the Variety Show Without a Clue. Guests from all over the world come from all walks of life and all careers to come on and tell us about themselves and give us a little bit of their insight. So grab a seat, relax, and listen, because this is The Leo Effects. Hello, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to another episode. Today, I am joined by a lovely musician, and she's got some other projects that she's been working on that we're going to get into a little bit later. But for right now, I would like to introduce you all to Monday Michiru. Michiru, I hope I didn't hey. butcher that too much.
1: You did that so perfectly.
0: <laughs> Perfect. Uh, how are <laughs> you today?
1: I'm doing good, thank you. How are you?
0: I am getting ready for the, the cold days ahead in upstate New York.
1: Oh, Oh, man. Listen, I know you're way upstate from me, but still, it's getting cold out here, too. So, yeah,
0: I hear you. <laughs> well, make sure to bundle up and, and stay warm. Um, so, I've got you on the show because you're you're pretty much the first real musician that I've had, but I'm not going to dwell totally on that. I would definitely like to talk about that. But can okay. you let the listeners know... You know, what you have put out and and why you're, uh, well, in my opinion, why you're famous?
1: (laughs) Well, I don't know if I'm famous. First of all, if anyone has to explain why they're famous, they're usually not famous. So I'm going to (laughs) say that I'm not famous. However, I'm just saying that there's a good, you know, like I have a little underground, maybe little sprinkling of, of I wouldn't say fake, but I have a following of people who appreciate what I do. So I'm a singer-songwriter, and I've been recording um, continually since 1991. Um, and yeah, maybe maybe that's that's my my thing.
0: Yeah. <laughs> maybe that's my thing. Yeah.
1: Maybe that's <laughs> my thing.
0: Singer-songwriter. All right, that's fair. Then yeah. I can see I'm gonna have to uh, I'm gonna have to open up your bio and and. Pick and choose what I want to ask you out of there. That's how this is going to go, go, is it?
1: <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, I am a singer songwriter. That's that's really my my main thing, and and I've done other things, uh, you know, to to uh, accentuate the career, if you will. But the main core of what I do is I'm a singer songwriter.
0: Right, and yeah. so do you. What kind of music do you you sing?
1: Um, so. He, Come up with, I guess, my own little style according to other people. You know, you never, uh, as you know, as a person doing it, you never really sort of identify like I'm doing this. Uh, at least I don't, anyway. But mm-hmm. other people have said, "Oh, you know, you've got like a certain thing which is sort of jazz, but not jazz, and it's soul, but not soul, and it's Brazilian, but not Brazilian." And <laughs> you know, so it's sort of a mishmash, and I just sort of like. You know, there's the,
0: the the phrase of being a uh, uh, gender fluid. I'm genre fluid. There you go. It's, there you go. It's hey, your hey. genre is Monday.
1: There you go. Thank
0: you very much. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> so let's talk about that a little bit, if we could. I kind of want to touch okay. on that because I, you know, I was, I wondered about it, and in your bio talks about it a little bit, but I, I want everybody to hear it straight from your mouth so your name is, is a amalgamation from what i can see it's yeah. it's Monday Michiru uh mariano right
1: yeah yeah so,
0: so you've got three different things going on here where where did that come about or how'd that come about
1: <laughs> so my mother is japanese um her name is toshiko akiyoshi and in 1956 she came from japan to america uh, Boston specifically um, to be the first Japanese, not just woman, but just first Japanese uh, to attend the Berklee School of Music, um, which, as we all know, is now the jazz sort of mecca, <laughs> yeah. you know, uh, education place. Um, so she was the first person. And in 1956, they just decided that they wanted to, they at Berklee, wanted to do like um, a thing where they invited. As students who are probably already professional in their own countries, but from all over the world to come and study jazz in the homeland in America and in Berkeley. And then eventually, you know, they would be sort of the ambassadors of jazz and go back to their country to, to spread the word of jazz. So, you know, she was the chosen one from Japan. Um, my father, his name is Charlie Mariano. She, he is. Um, he was he's already passed away uh, oh, going on sorry. the 10th year next year that's cool you know we all get old and we all die but it, it happens yeah, <laughs> Anyhow, he um he actually was one of the founders of the schillinger house in boston which was essentially a bunch of musicians jazz musicians who wanted to come up with like sort of a um, a school of of improv you know like let's teach the young ones how to improv you know and, and let them learn what jazz is about and that morphed into what became berkeley so in essence you can say that he's one of the founders of berkeley um so he was actually one of the teachers and professors and already sort of a well-known name in the jazz world so and my mother being you know a student and coming there they their paths met, and and well, I'm I'm sort of the product. So we <laughs> so have that. Mariano is the last name. Monday was the day that I was born, and Michiru became my middle name because my mother thought, you know what, I, I just have to give her a Japanese name to give her a Japanese identity.
0: So I see. That's that's my name. Yeah. That's cool. Yeah. Wow. Well, yeah. that's that's <laughs> that's nice. I like it. Yeah, yeah,
1: I did like too. I I've had to like it. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I enjoyed. mean, yeah, you
0: got to put up with it.
1: <laughs> yeah, no, yeah I've to I put mean, up with
0: it. <laughs> that's a cool story, though. Like it's yeah, it definitely ties you back to your roots, if you will.
1: Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I think I think they did it pretty good naming me, and even though you know, can you imagine when you're a kid to be named something <laughs> as odd as Monday? I mean, you're just the fodder of all jokes and and you know, yeah. you just you're just like a beeline for anything <laughs> you know, <laughs> in terms of bullying that's gonna happen Let's get one Monday, you know. So or or Michiru, like when I first um uh came to the States to go to school, I, it was in New York. I had just come from a small town village in Japan And I couldn't speak a word of English. And um, so at the time, my parents used to call me Nichiru. So they got me to school and I'm Michio, you know, and they're like, Michio, Mitch, Michi-doodle. <laughs> I mean, they just came up <laughs> oh with all goodness. kinds of like, yeah, he was like, okay, this is not a cool name, <laughs> you know. Poor and then thing. Like, wait, my American name is Monday. Oh, that's even better. <laughs> yeah. Oh, It's wow. oh, not good. I never would have
0: guessed that um, English was your your second language. You speak very, very, very good English. I would never have guessed that.
1: You know, I'll be honest. Even though Japanese was, I guess, my first language, um, it's been sort of a jig-jag until I was seven of going back and forth from Japan to America that by the time I came back to America at age seven, I couldn't speak any English. So then in Japanese was maybe my first second-ish language. It was it was really a mishmash. I it's still a mystery even to myself which was my real first language, but English is the one that uh I still consider for some reason my native language and Japanese is my um less my native language but my native culture. If okay, that makes any sense. Yeah, that yeah. that
0: makes total sense. I get it. Yeah. That's
1: awesome. Yeah. Well,
0: kind of speaking of the Native culture and things like that, um, you were in a movie?
1: Yeah.
0: (laughs) Why do you laugh? (laughs) No,
1: because it's really sort of a crazy thing that happened. So I was living in L.A. I had graduated from high school from a performing arts school, specifically Interlochen Arts Academy. I'd I'd been studying classical flute, but somewhere along the line, I realized that maybe that's not what I should be pursuing. And I started thinking about well, maybe I should be singing and writing my own songs. I don't know about this. So, you know, in the meantime, I had to make a living. I didn't go to college, and I was straight into the workforce and, um, and living on my own. So I um, I ended up becoming Sort of like a secretary, like a glorified secretary. Nowadays, it's like all these fancy, you know, fancy terms like executive assistant. So I was an executive executive assistant at one point for <laughs> um, the international, um, the vice president, the international section of a film distribution company. So while I was there. You know, we had, of course, clients from all over the world, and amongst them were the Japanese. So they would come in and, hey, hey, I can speak Japanese. So I would use my little, you know, Japanese them, and they were delighted. It's like, oh, you're so sweet, and blah. So one day they invited me out to dinner. they was like, you know, we're in town. We'd love for you to join us. There's a few people who came with us from Japan. You might enjoy meeting them, blah, blah. Said, okay, great. So I went, and uh, one of the people that were there was a – uh, really famous lyricist from Japan, and she um, was cajoled by the, the the people who had invited me, saying, "Hey, you know, maybe maybe you know someone that chan can uh, beat in Japan. She she wants to be a singer and songwriter." So she actually ended up uh, taking my 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 demo and and photograph back to Japan and sort of you know looked around for me and lo and behold i ended up getting contacted by um someone about a movie and the director of the movie always uh used people who aren't actors the, he always chose people who were closest to the character that he was portraying in the film and in this particular film it was um uh, uh the role <laughs> the lead role happened to be a um uh, what do you call it? An opera upper singer. So he was looking for a singer, and he had already gone down the the route of all the opera singers he could possibly get his hands on. Oh and he couldn't find anybody. And it had to be Japanese. Um, I'm half Japanese, and I'm Japanese-looking enough that I, you know, sort of fulfilled his need. <laughs> so so he sort of, um, you know, said, hey, you want to do the film? And I'm like, hey, this is sort of interesting. <laughs> so um, I, I ended up uh, taking the offer, doing it, moving to Japan, and and yeah, that was my first film, and it ended up getting me you know, Best uh, New Actress Award, so it propelled me into this whole world of acting that I hadn't anticipated.
0: That's cool. That's that's really yeah. fun. <laughs> I wouldn't... <Yeah>. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I couldn't imagine. Just, you know, right place, right time kind of thing, I guess.
1: It really is. It really is. And, and that could have been also being at the wrong place at the wrong time, too, <laughs> you know? I mean, it could have easily been... I mean, I'll be honest with you, the story really goes that maybe two or three months before, I got a cold phone call. I mean, by that, I mean, I get a phone call, I answer the phone, and they're like, are you, you know, Monday, Michiru, Mariano? And I'm like, yes. And they said, we have your picture, and we know that you're a singer, and we want to know if you would like to do a movie, acting in a movie. And I'm like, what? (laughs) <laughs> and i'm like um what i'm not an actress yes we know but i'm like wait wait how did you get my name blah 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 so and i'm like and what is the role like just wait a minute does it involve nudity and they said yes like, yeah, okay no <laughs> because back then you're talking about the mid-80s um Half Japanese were sort of getting into the entertainment field, but they still weren't really embraced by the Japanese as as serious people. I know that sounds terrible, but they were more entertainment, and you know, we uh, they look good. You know, be, being that they're not completely Japanese, so the exoticism of the other whatever they're mixed with would, would be sort of like ooh, but but they weren't really embraced by the. I guess, by the public and whatnot. So yeah. uh, there was a perception that they were sort of the cheaper, <laughs> the cheapened end of things. So I didn't want to fall into that. And when they said that there was nudity involved, I thought, um, no, I don't think so. So by the time that I had, con- you know, the contact with these lyrics, a and she went back and then I got the phone call and you know, and, it, and then it sounded a little bit more serious. And I'm like, you know, I feel like I've gotten this phone call before. Did you guys contact me before? And they said, yes. And I'm like, Wait, but I had this nudity involved. They said, "No, no, no. It's there is nudity involved, but it's sort of part of the storyline, and it's not like it's a porn film. <laughs> it's like this, you know, like you know, racy R-rated art film. It's actually there's there's a reason for this. So when I went to Japan to audition for the part, and I met the director and I saw the seriousness of what he does and I, I and I insisted I, I've got to see his former film because I don't know him and so they showed me a few of his films and I left the, the screening room in tears because what he made was so beautiful that I thought oh I now get it and I really want to be a part of this even though I don't know if I can act even though I'm not an actor I have to be a part of this what he makes is so artful and so the integrity was there so so yeah that that's when i realized that i had to do it
0: that's cool yeah i mean you're right that could that could be taken that either way gone
1: really fast yeah <laughs> but,
0: but you know i consider you lucky that that was in my opinion that was right place right time so yeah um, absolutely. now i just got to yeah. i got to figure out where to find it
1: <laughs> <laughs> can i tell you my boyfriend keeps asking like, how come i haven't seen this song well because this was in the 80s and we didn't have dvd <laughs> you know and, and nothing was online no one is interested in the movie from 1987 that was so underground that's going to be you know online oh <laughs> so, you would be good surprised luck. Good luck find it i bet <laughs> i bet
0: <laughs> oh jeez well, kind of segueing into the, my next little questions here, um, yeah. talking about underground and, and things like that, uh, I yeah. see that you were a DJ at some
1: point. <laughs> I was, yeah. Um, so, you know, when I moved to Japan in 1987, I was, you know, as far as I was concerned, I was leaving America and I was going to uh, a place a country that even though I'm half Japanese and I understood the language and everything, it was still like not as cool as America in my eyes, you know? Mm -hmm. So I, at that time I was really, I was really diving into the underground music. Like I'm super into the whole new wave thing. And, I was on, you know, this is in the eighties. I don't know how old you are, lady. Right? I, I, I suspect you're far younger than me. So this is probably like something that is very foreign to you. But back then, you know, we, we used to like try and. Get into if, if you were into any kind of subculture, which means it's not the mainstream, it's not what you're going to see on TV and whatever. If you were into any kind of subculture, you would try to find like you know your like your tribe, basically, right? Uh-huh. And and I was so interested in different kinds of music, just the different scenes of music that wasn't stuff that they were stuffing into your throat, you know, from the radios and the TV. I I just wanted to you know feel it and, and see it and hear it and know what the, the theme was about and what people were involved in stuff. So you get into these, like, phone calls where, you know, you give your phone number and then they'll call you, like, once or twice a month, whatever it was, and they would say, all right, the party's going to be at this address, you know, at this time. Don't tell anyone. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Show <laughs> And it was usually, like, these run-down or, like, not even with any electricity, and they would bring their own um, generators, you know, to provide their electricity. But to these places downtown in L.A., which then was just a bunch of warehouses or, you know, banded buildings and stuff, and then finally would be transformed overnight into a, a club, and you would hear, like, the coolest music and stuff that – you just didn't hear anywhere else, so I just wanted to get in on that and hear what that was about and just hear stuff, you know. So, um, so when I moved to to Japan, I was so thirsty for whatever was going on in the underground that uh, I started to go um, to this place that <laughs> conveniently was uh, right across the street from where I lived in Tokyo for the first two years. It was this this um, um, uh, record shop that no longer exists. It was called Wave, you know. And I used to go there, and I was like, and I would just sort of like, I would hang out in that time so the people who worked there was like, man, she's back. <laughs> <You know? laughs> and I'd be, I would buy everything that I could get my hands on that I didn't know. Like, I, I didn't even care what it was. You know, was like I like, I just wanted to, like, ooh, this is, like, African stuff. We couldn't get this in L.A. And, ooh, <laughs> this is, like, stuff from Yemen. Wow. What's this country about? What's this woman about that's on this cover? Like, I was just getting my hands on this stuff that I've never seen before. I've never been exposed to before. And and at some point, like, the guys who work, you know, at the counter... They're like, hey, you know, I've got some stuff behind the counter that you might be interested <laughs> It was sort of like the black market, you know, inside <laughs> the record shop. And they would just pull off stuff that it's just more the 10 copies of this? you want one? Yes! So I would just buy anything that I could get my hands on. And because I had such a vast um, interest and, and array of music, I slowly started to itch towards wanting to play it for Not just friends and make the the cassette tape mixes for friends, but I wanted to play it out, you know? Yeah. I had a radio show and and some of the stuff I wanted to present to them were too underground. So then I started to talk with people who were doing clubs and I'm like, hey, I really would love to DJ. So it just slowly worked into this DJing situation. Wow. Yeah. (laughs) That's crazy.
0: All that from I heard you were a DJ. <laughs> yeah,
1: I'm sorry. Am I like talking too much? I am. On no,
0: it. not even close. I mean, I <laughs> I love it when I get stories like that. That's because this is what I'm talking about. Like I, we kind of briefly talked um, before we started recording, and this is this is what I like. I like hearing those stories that are are deep, and you know, maybe you hadn't necessarily told that story before. So it, it's cool. No, I like it.
1: Yeah, <laughs> but um,
0: <laughs> so are you currently working on anything right now?
1: Um, you know, right now I'm just working on a uh, a few things. So I'm always looking to write music. So whenever I have like an inspiration or time, or I sit down at the piano and, and whatever it is, you know, I, I start working on, on music. And I've been I've been as always. As a songwriter, you're always kind of diving into ideas and writing down ideas and just hoping for the next time that you can record it. So you know, I've not, I don't have anything specific in terms of a recording schedule um, because I've been talking to record label, which these days it's really hard to get um, a label interested to record you unless you're like a super pop star, which I'm not. So, um, but but it's still hopefully in the works. I'm not sure. Um, but while that's going on, I started to sort of dive into the idea of teaching, uh, specifically lyric writing. Oh. So I, yeah, um, you know, it's interesting to me a few years ago when I started to think about, okay, what else can I do aside from singing and, you know, the touring, so all of that's wonderful, but I really want to sort of get into to teaching and to nurture the next generation. You know, once you get to a certain age, you you want to get to that point where you're able to hopefully try and pass on some of what you've learned in your experience and,
0: and nurture the
1: next generation. And um, and I've been sort of itching for that opportunity. And I've done a little, little like, you know, artist development stuff with young singers in Japan and and stuff like that, but I just felt like there's something more that I can be getting. What is it? So I realized, you know, looking into university uh, and conservatory programs for music specific to the kind of music I do, you know, or even jazz, whatever, that they don't really have, uh, for example, songwriting uh, from the perspective of, of a singer, and for that matter, they don't have anything. Like when it comes to lyric writing. And lyric writing is something that's very, it's in a way specific. It's not poetry. It's not, you know, writing that's typical, creative writing that's typical. But it's also like has no rules, but there's like a lot of wrongs that you shouldn't (laughs) be doing, sort of thing. And it's really hard to describe. It's, it's sort of like there's a recent um show i don't know if you watch like netflix i binge watch netflix like crazy because i stopped watching tv after what's going on right just going there anyhow so i did a lot of all binge watching and one of the ones i recently saw and i just loved was rhythm and flow do you know it yep
0: yep i know that one
1: i love that show i really loved it um I thought Cardi B was a little annoying. Otherwise, <laughs> otherwise you know, she started to make sense. When she was about being silly, she was actually pretty cool. And, um, and the other two as well. And uh, the other two judges like that. Yeah. And just the whole show was actually really interesting um, because for me, it's cutting from a point of, of songwriting of, of telling your story, which as a lyricist that's what you're doing. You're telling your story and and you're finding an angle on, on how to do it and you're trying to find a niche that makes you original and you're trying to find, you know, a rhythm and flow that's something that we have to do as lyricists as well, you know, and I just find the whole show so sympathetic with what what I do. And and anyhow so so that's Sort of what I'm doing right now is this thing called Storytellers um, Workshop NYC because I'm based out in New York, and and we're just trying to teach people, or at least give them the tools or inspiration or something, you know, towards writing lyrics. Um, and I guess because I was based in Japan for so long, so far all of my students are Japanese. Oh. <laughs>
0: so that's sort of fun.
1: Yeah, it's like okay, and how good is your English? And some of them. Are Right, and some of them is not so good, and 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 you know there's there's that added hump uh, of uh, handicap that I got to overcome. But, but it's all good, you know. It's it's something that I really love um, to nurture because it's so, the thing I learned long ago is that when you start to teach or start to try and explain things to people, you have to dissect, analyze, and understand what it is that you're doing in order to be able to explain it to other people. So I learn a lot in the process.
0: Nice. That's yeah. cool. It's yeah. good to continue learning. Never stop learning, right?
1: Yeah, absolutely. To continue. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah.
0: So um, we're drawing up to the end of the show, if you can believe it or not. Um, so <laughs> I would like, if you would, and you can say, no, I'd rather not do that, but um, if you would, can you tell people where to kind of find you, to connect with you, maybe hear your uh, music or anything like that?
1: Okay, yeah, sure. Well, I just revamped my website. Yay. Cool. So you can find me on www.monday, spelled on today, and in michiru, dot com. And uh, it's at least the beginning stages of my website. It'll lead you to different things. And and honestly, if you were to Google me, you would probably find a heck of a lot more.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Fair enough. Yeah. Okay. Well, cool. Um, I just want to say thank you so much, Monday, for coming on the show. We, we've we been trying to do this for a while, had some hiccups with <laughs> scheduling, but I'm glad that it finally <laughs> happened.
1: Thank you so much, Ray. You're a joy. I I love hearing your voice. You're such a nice and sweet person. Thanks so much.
0: Thank you. I appreciate that. And good guests make for good interviews. That's how it goes. (laughs) (laughs) I'm only as good as my guests. So thank you again. very much thank you and thank thank you you to all the listeners out there tuning in to hear our crazy voices and these crazy interviews i appreciate you as well don't forget to you know do the like and the subscribe and all that there's my shameless plug and we will see you all later hey everyone this is ray thank you for listening it's because of listeners like you that i'm able to keep this show going for more of my shenanigans, check out Realm of the Mist Entertainment, where I'm co-host to Breaking the Fourth Wall, War of the Stars, a Star Wars podcast, Lemmy Stormkiller on Four Corners of Hell, and finally, The Chronicler on Chronicles of the Lost Realm. You can also find me at Shattered Dungeons on YouTube, playing an awesome game called Shattered Dawn. For contact information or to be on the show, check out theleoeffectswixsitecom slash podcast today.